I just want to say that I'm terribly sorry about the passing of your rich and, may I note, extremely vivacious and healthy uncle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to miss him terribly. Although I was merely his lawyer, an occasional jogging partner. Oh, and he wasn't turned my dietitian. And just last year, he functioned as a Sherpa on my trip up Mount Everest. I knew him as a good man who wanted nothing more than his nephews to be well taken care of. Which, actually, before we go any further and read the will... Don't you have other siblings, Jerry? If my memory serves, he talked about his nephews. Why, I remember quite vividly, in fact, April 27th at around 5.20 p.m. as we were on the north face uh, you of... You know, I'm not, I'm not discounting your apparently extremely specific memory, but uh, <clears throat> old Unky had a way of pluralizing things unnecessarily, I'm afraid. It, uh, it runs in my family's. Ah, uh, of course. Seems strange that he wouldn't have mentioned that affliction. Not that we really talked about health problems, although I just assumed that was because he didn't have any. The entire time I knew him... Yeah, well, we're a little sensitive about uh, these conditions. The singular condition that makes you pluralize things unnecessarily? Yes, yes, that several. Um, can we please get on with this? Uh, yes. Now to the reading of the will. <clears throat> To my nephews... Ah, uh, there it is, in writing as well. Yeah, oh, seriously. To my nephews, I hereby bequeath... Stop right there, Barry. Jerry. I knew that wasn't a real medical condition. Mr. Executor, you can't give my dearly departed uncle's money to Jerry. Here for your cut, are you, Barry? Hardly. I'm here because my uncle was murdered. Of course, we went over this at executorial school at executor of the state state. Let me get out the secret twin reveal and murder forms here. Damn you, Barry. How dare you accuse me of murdering our beloved wealthy uncle? Check the coroner's report. There's no way I could have been responsible for his fall down those stairs into all of those bullets. It was probably just all of the poison that the toxicology report said was inexplicably found in his veins. Uh, that, that's enough to make anyone clumsy. Ram it, Jerry. You've been the evil ying to my goodly yang for too long. This ends now. So if you'll just sign here, please. Evil twin on that line. Good twin on that one. I'm afraid it's not that easy. Harry! Ah, this will be a different form entirely. Here we all are, the triplets, back together again. Why, we haven't all been seen together since the last time I was in a bathroom with multiple mirrors. Yeah, very funny, Harry. Where have you been hiding? Stop right there, Harry. We have reason to believe that our uncle was murdered. Why am I not surprised? Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe because you murdered him, Harry? Is that why? Did you, Harry? Gosh, I'm sorry, Jerry. Shut up, Barry. No, I didn't murder him. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I've prepared the form just here. I need the murderous evil triplet to sign here, the good triplet to sign there, and whoever isn't one of those to sign right here. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, well just if you don't think you're uh, well, hey, hey. Gentlemen, is there a problem? Clearly, I'm the good triplet. I run a non-profit. I send waters to areas stricken with drought. Routes that Jerry's company causes. Uh, very well then, Barry, you will be signing here. Uh, Jerry, you and uh, you sign there. And what is it that I should write under your line, Harry? Is it? Hold on, Harry, Barry, Mr. Executor. Sure, 
My company causes droughts, but it's to defend an endangered, if profitable, species of fish. And, you know, for that matter, Barry, doesn't your company contribute to, uh, to one of those uh, the cycles of dependence? Maybe you're not such a good triplet after all. Look, all I'm saying is that I refuse to be labeled as the truly evil triplet until we hear what Harry here is doing. Fair enough. Harry, what is it that you do? Well, I'm a lawyer. Uh-huh. Evil. Who sues big corporations. Oh, maybe he's not so bad. On behalf of other, often larger corporations. Oh. Well, this is... This is a tricky one, I'll say. And according to these forms, we do need to sort this all out. One task that usually proves beneficial in situations such as this one here is... How did everyone get here, Jerry? I rode my motorcycle, which, I'll have you know, has great gas mileage. Hmm. In the 50s, that would have been enough to put you away. But, well, what about you, Barry? I rode here on a mountain bike. Oh, did you come through the forest preserve? So what if I did? Well, I'm just saying that contributes to erosion. Come off it, Jerry. Gentlemen, please. Harry, how did you get here? Well, I drove here. In your... In my Humvee. I knew it. Which I won, I'll have you know, and used to drive around my soccer team of orphans. Damn, Harry. That's really nice of you. How did you win a Hummer? Killing contest. I killed the most men. The orphans are their children. Shit, man. Goddamn. Guilty convicts, though. It's a thing they're trying out down in Texas. Oh, my, Harry. I'm fairly certain at this point that that pushes you into the evil slot. So that leaves the question of Jerry. Barry, we'll put you into the good slot. And Jerry, how do you feel about lax force of benign... Hey, I'm not evil. You should see how sanctimonious Barry's Christmas cards are. That's just my life. I mean, Barry's a prick, sure. I agree with you there, Harry. But it's not like I believe he's capable of flying to Spain and murdering our uncle. Whoever did it would have had to been in Catalonia in August. Well, it wasn't me. The killing contest is always scheduled for the hottest day of the year. Well, and likewise, that's when I have to divert those creeks away from the needy farmers and villagers. You know, now that I say it out loud, that does sound pretty bad. Well, it's not like I've ever been to Barcelona. Excuse me? Barcelona? You hear that, Jerry? Let's get him. Grab the gun, Mr. Executive. Oh, oh my, I can't tell which one... Shoot him! No, shoot him! Wow, Mr. Executor. Please, Mr. Executor is my father's name. Also, my brother's. You're listening to New York Pacific, brought to you by your own free will. Tonight's episode, Don't I Forget About Me, is a confrontational look at what looks back while you're looking into the looking glass. Welcome back, listeners, to the second part of tonight's adventures of Captain Fantastic. When last we left off, our lightning-powered, lion-hearted lover of liberty had just defeated the pernicious PhD, Professor Poison, who had attacked the office of the Daily Herald, one of the last strongholds of journalistic integrity and the workplace of Captain Fantastic's alter ego, the mild-mannered Richard Judge. 
Captain Fantastic, my hero, you've saved the day again. Gee willikers, CF, you sure showed Professor Poison who's boss. If I were 20 years younger, I would have given that crackpot a mean left hook. But you done good, kid. Well, I think you're all the real heroes, devoting your lives to sharing knowledge about current events. Speaking of sharing knowledge, Sarah and Mr. Doyle, I can't help but notice that Richard Judge is missing when there's trouble. Again. Keen eye, Tommy. He probably ran away and hid in the supply closet. That lily-levered sissy is afraid of his own shadow. Now, now, every single citizen of these United States has something special to offer to the American dream. Sometimes that can be hard to see, even when it's right in front of your eye. That's sweet of you to say, but you don't know Richard. Something ain't quite right about that one. Is this fellow sort of aloof, secretive, possibly protective of something important? No, he's obnoxious and we hate him. He's the only person in the office with a standing desk and he won't get off his high horse about how standing is good for you. You can't step out to enjoy a tasty and refreshing Chesterfield without getting an earful from him about the importance of taking care of yourself. Every Friday, someone brings snacks to the office and he's always bringing fresh fruits or some nonsense. It's Friday. We want some donuts. Well, it sounds like he just wants to promote a healthy lifestyle choices to people he cares about, so... I think he just wants to share how much better he is than everyone else, like some kind of weird, morally superior alien. You can be talking to him about a breaking news story and he'll get this look in his eyes like there's somewhere more important that he has to be. Yeah, it's like... Sorry that you're forced to spend time with your human co-workers, Dick. He hardly ever goes out with us after work. And if he does, he usually leaves unexpectedly without telling anyone. Are there any other factors when he takes off like this? Like a big event happening on the news. Have you considered that maybe... Don't get me started on these hipster outfits of his. Tweed jackets, briefcases, and I don't think... If those are prescription glasses. I don't know, Mr. Doyle, that sounds pretty stylish to me. You should see some of the pranks that we pulled this guy to get back at him, Cat Fan. What? Yeah. One time, I ate one of his sandwiches out of the fridge, and then I left a note in its place saying that Professor Poison stole it. That was... I mean, you should really consider... One day, your sidekick, the Dirt Brown Cowboy, came into the office for an interview, and we got him to put a sign on Judge's back that said, Obliterate me. The Dirt Brown Cowboy did that, but he knows... Sarah's the worst, though. Yeah, Judge has a thing for her, and she strings him right along. Sarah, is that true? I hate to say it, but you'd understand if you knew Richard. Whenever there's a story I don't want to write, I just talk about how dangerous the assignment is, and, and he volunteers to take it out of some kind of chivalry. We get in on it, too. One time, Sarah called out sick, and I joke that she was kidnapped by Professor Poison. He made a beeline for the bathroom, probably to cry alone like he's doing now. All right, there's something you all need to know. I am... Also, I've been peeing in his cuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, kid. Lighten up, Captain Fantastic. It's harmless fun. How about some harmful fun? That's right, I, Professor Poison, rise to resume my evil plot! Your monsters, all of you, my whole life, I have endeavored to be an exemplar for humanity, a role model to inspire mankind to reach their full potential. Have these virtues all been lost on you? Curse you, Captain Fantastic! I can't stand your holier-than-thou attitude! It's what drove me to a life of crime! You are starting to sound like Richard Judge, Cappy. 
I am Richard Judge. I've been assuming an alter ego to protect my loved ones, to protect all of you from villains like Professor Poison, but you're no better than he is. Well, you're on your own from now. Jeez, get a load of Captain Temper Tantrum. Now, with the so-called lightning-powered lover of liberty out of the picture, nothing can stop me from my worst twisted scheme yet, contaminating the city's water supply by peeing in it. That's a good one. Mind if I join you, PP? What a twist. In a moment of crisis, what Captain Fantastic lacked was... What Captain Fantastic lacked was self-knowledge, which is to say the knowing of oneself, one's true self, beyond the masks, beyond the charade that society tells us to put on. So right now, I'd like to go around the circle, and I want all of us to take off our masks. Let's look at each other in the face using our real names. My name, I'm Buzzing Bee. This is my face. Go ahead. Well, I'm Mary. Mary, as long as you're here at Dreaming Glade on the beautiful banks of Lake Belladonna, you're free from that name and its baggage. Who are you really? Oh, uh, I'm so... I'm Soaring Eagle. That's great. Welcome, Soaring Eagle. I think you're going to have a great week. And you? Uh, yeah, call me a Running Wolf. That's great. Welcome, Running Wolf. It's an honor to meet you. And you? Hi, I'm Malcolm. Now, Malcolm, I'd like to invite you, just like I invited Soaring Eagle, to take off that name... Take off that mask. Who is the real you? Malcolm. Okay, let me let me let me give you some advice. Try an animal name. I'm not really comfortable with that. Seems kind of I don't know. Exploitative. I mean, none of us are Native Americans or anything. Well, this isn't a Native American thing. It's bigger than that. Well, Malcolm feels like my real name. That's what I like being called. Okay, Malcolm. Sure, I get that. What does it mean to you? Uh, I think it's like an Irish king's name or something. Uh, but to me, it really signifies someone's trying to get my attention or addressing me. What is it you do? I work in the toxicology department at Mass General. That's your job. But what is it that you do? Oh, I, um, I like to make phone apps in my free time. But toxicology is pretty engrossing. Sure, sure, okay. Let me ask you. Uh, just ask me. I let you. You're let. What brings you to the Dreaming Glade, Malcolm? Oh, uh, my family got a group on. This nature stuff is nice and all, but Malcolm is also my grandfather's name, so it means a lot to me. Sometimes family traditions are good, but sometimes, well, let me tell you a little story about how they can go wrong. Why are we on the top of this mountain? It looks like it's going to rain. <laughs> All will be made clear in a few moments. Just, uh, here, hold that antenna up. That's right. Very nice. You aren't going to sacrifice me to God, are you, Dad? Terry, no, I'm not gonna. Oh, come on. Phew. Uh, big storm are brewing. Well, what are we doing here? Am I being punished? Is this about the fight we had this morning? Well, 
Terry, do you remember the fight? When I told you no daughter of mine is going out of the house dressed like... Dressed like a blind dental hygienist to the Kardashians. That's right. And then, do you remember what you said? Go to hell, Dad? Uh, yeah. That. That sounds right. But also, you said that I had no idea what it's like to be a preteen, didn't you? I guess so. You sure did. And so I thought to myself, Ooh boy, here we go. Hold that thought, Terry. And also, hold that antenna up. There you go. Look, I don't know what you're trying to teach me, but I think a lot of what we're going through is just a natural part of, you know, me becoming my own person, don't you think? Like, sometimes I'm just in opposition, and sometimes I'm just expressing a healthy sense of self. That might be difficult for you to recognize because, you know, you're used to thinking of me in one way as a child. I'm sure that's not it, Terry. I'm sure I just don't understand what it's like to be a teen. But also, to bring it back to our argument this morning, have you ever actually considered what it's like to be a dad in the 21st century with all the sexting and stuff? Huh? I imagine it must be very difficult. Can we go inside now? Terry, no. No. You could never imagine what it's like to be a dad. That should do it. Do what? Ugh. Oh, man. Dad, that's why we're not supposed to be outside in a rainstorm. Ugh, it never gets any easier. Wait. Wait a second. What? But it worked. I can't believe that it worked. What worked? What? What is this? Wait. We don't understand each other. Lightning. Becoming Dad? I've been Freaky Friday. And I'm telling you what I told your grandfather and also your half-brother, I guess. This ain't my first rodeo, cowboy. Cowgirl, I'm a girl. You're a man now, an aging man. Enjoy waking up after playing a little touch football at a picnic. Christ, I'm not going to miss back pain. Oh no, am I too late? Too late for what, Grandpa? I'm afraid so, son. Oh no, my beloved granddaughter, you've become my son, and you, my father, who became my son, you've become my granddaughter. What? You're too late, old man, too late to save this other old man. The lightning hit us, and I'm Terry now. What? No, I'm Terry. No, you're dad. It isn't the first time he's pulled this trick. What do you mean, Grandpa? I mean, when I was your age, he pulled the same shit with me. Ah, Terry, it's been a while since I've grown up as a woman. Ew, Dad, get out of my body. Switch us back. I said the same thing 50 years ago, Terry. If only I could have warned you to never say that your father didn't understand what it was like to be a teenage girl. But how could I? What? It's all part of his diabolical scheme. Her diabolical scheme, son. But it was all too easy. All it takes is a generational difference and some errant electricity or radiation. One time I believe I used getting clonked on the head, but this was much easier. It's how he, and sometimes she, has achieved immortality. I've once had that body, Terry. Now your father, who is also used to be my father in this body, is you. He's extended his life. This is like the worst. Wait until you have to go into the office tomorrow. Dad, switch his back. I'm afraid that lightning isn't going to strike twice. 
Shows how little you know about becoming an immortal force of malevolence. What did you say? I said you can't begin to understand the dark power that... Wait, no! Grab him, Terry! Okay, Grandpa. Call me Dad. No, call me James. No, call me Jimmy. Your big brother, Jimmy. You got it, Jimmy. See you in hell, James. Now, if you could just get the jumper cables from the car, could you pop the hood, Terry? Where's the jumper cable? It's the one that looks like... No, that's the trunk, damn it. Okay, grab your father's... Uh, your your legs. Daughter, please. Screw you. Screw you, Dad. Looks like you don't know what it's like to have your plans foiled. Now, this is probably going to hurt quite a bit. Tragedy struck at the top of Mount Lightning as an errant attempt to jumpstart a car has killed three people tonight. A teenage girl, her father, and her grandfather. Talking to reporters, the mother, wife, and daughter-in-law of the victim said that no one will ever understand what it feels like to be faced with a triple tragedy. So, you see, genetic heritage is fine if you're a scientist, but... It can sometimes go wrong. Actually, uh, I believe there are a lot of factual inaccuracies. What we want to focus on is your spiritual heritage. For example, I identify with bees, hence my name, Buzzing Bee. They are community-minded, and when they work together, they make something beautiful. Pass. No! No passing, Malcolm. Please, you must have had a favorite animal growing up, right? Or is there an animal exhibit that you like to visit at the zoo? Or perhaps an animal you see a lot, perhaps in your day-to-day life? Well, in graduate school, I worked with a research project involving developing an anti-venom from the poisonous coat of tree frogs. There! Tree frogs are your spirit animal. I don't particularly like tree frogs. It might take some time for you to realize, but I see it. Don't you see it, everyone? Uh-huh. Mm-mm-mm. See? Chirping bird is nodding yes. Prancing deer said yes. I don't know. It feels like we're forcing it. It feels fake. But don't you see Sometimes what feels fake is really the most truthful thing of all. Why would we listen to our feelings at all if they're wrong? This can't possibly have a factual basis. Oh, it has a story basis. Listen. Happy birthday, Zach. Do you feel any wiser? Tyrus. Right now, I just feel like losing myself, which should be no problem thanks to this new fake ID. Okay, we're at the gas station. Are you sure your fake ID is gonna work? We promised we'd pick up some booze for the party, but I don't wanna get you in any trouble for your 18th birthday. Don't worry, it's not actually fake. The guy I bought it from only resells real IDs, so it'll work in any scanner, and I memorized the address. Just be careful, the place is sketchy as hell. Just look at that homeless guy in the front. I got it, man. Be back soon. I'll be right here, waiting for you. A uh, 30 pack of Keystone Light. You got an ID for this, son? Yeah, uh, right here. Homer Baggins. 
You don't look 30 to me. <laughs> I, I get that all the time. I, I take it as a compliment. Good evening, officer. Uh, officer? Yeah, good evening there, sir. Oh, what do we have here? A young man picking up a dirty 30? Is that right? Uh, this is no young man. Mr. Baggins is a dirty 30 himself. Oh, yeah. Well, he doesn't look a day over 18. <laughs> well, you know. Hey, let's take a gander at this geezer's ID then, uh, shall we? Hmm. I'm having a hard time finding your address here, homeboy. You, uh, you mind reciting it for me? It's, uh... It's 5616 Inkwell Avenue. Oh, right you are. Here it is right in front of me. <laughs> you know, I drive by Inkwell Avenue for my beat tonight. How's about I escort you home since it's on the way? You know, courtesy, respect, all that. Oh, uh, well, you see, uh, a friend dropped me off here. Uh, so he'll be picking me up a little later. Yeah, it's even better. I'll, I'll take you home and you can tell your friend to meet you there. Unless there's a problem. You know, we can always, uh... Call for backup if there's a problem. Uh, no problem. Uh, let's, let's go. All right, here we are. 5616 Inkwell Avenue. Hey, here. Let me take your beer up to your doorstep. Courtesy and respect and all that, you know? Okay. Good evening, officer. Is, is there a problem? No problem at all, uh, miss. I was just giving Homer here a ride home. Homer? Is that really you? Have you really come back? Uh, what? Uh... Oh, officer, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for bringing my husband back home. Oh, uh, no problem at all. Courtesy and uh, respect and all that, you know. Uh, here's your Keystone Light, uh, sir. Keystone Light? That terrible stuff we had at that college party when we first met each other? Oh, Homer, it really is you. Well, I, uh, I guess I'm off then. Uh, have a good night, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Baggins. Hey, thanks for... Oh, don't thank me yet, Homer Baggins. I haven't forgiven you after what you did. It's been ten years, but I promised I would wait for you. Wait, what? You had a lot of nerve back then, leaving me high and dry at the altar when I was blind. That's right. I said when I was blind, Homer. Modern medicine has come a long way, and I can see now. You've apparently retained your youthful looks, but I've regained my sight. Wait, what? And that's not the biggest surprise. You have a son. That's right, the wife you abandoned was blind and pregnant. Homer Jr., come downstairs, there's someone you need to meet. I think there's some confusion here. I should probably... Don't you dare try to leave again. You owe so much in child support. I could call the police on you right now. Okay, okay, calm down. I'll stay. Bobby, who is this man? This man is your father. Is it really you, Daddy? Yes, it is. And, and don't worry, son... I'm sticking around for Yay! good. I knew I had to get out and return to my real life somehow. Whenever I thought I had the perfect escape plan, I would find myself caught in some kind of trap. Way to go, Homer Jr. You gave those moles a good whacking. Look at all these tickets. This is the best birthday ever. Hey, honey. 
how about I watch over your stuff at the table and you can take Junior over to the ticket counter so we can exchange them for a big, scary T-Rex. What's not a real T-Rex, Dad? Sometimes it's the things that aren't real that are the realest. We'll be right back. I'll be right here. And now to make my escape in this busy family restaurant full of diversion. Uh, excuse me, sir. Were you going to leave without paying your bill? What? Me? Uh, of course not. I was just uh, going out to the parking lot for uh, a smoke. Petey's Party Palace promotes healthy behavior to the hundreds of children who visit. It's illegal to smoke anywhere on the property. Well, well, well. If it isn't home, slice bag. You're the officer from the gas station. What are you doing here? Well, the uh, Party Palace just so happens to be part of my beat, too. I thought I'd stop inside, make sure everyone was uh, having a good time. You know, I'm all about that... Uh... Courtesy, respect, and all that, I know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, uh, what's a venerable old man like yourself up to? I'm just, uh, playing some whack-a-mole. Ah, that's a good game, whack-a-mole. Yeah, one of my favorites, in fact. I just love seeing them rodents pop up at the right place at the wrong time, and then I drop the hammer on them. Enjoy the game! Mr. Baggins. Days became weeks, weeks became months, and months became years. Why, by the time I was 19, my reasons to stay became more personal. Oh, way to go, Homer Jr. We are so proud of him, aren't we, honey? Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, uh, sweetie, I'm gonna go get some nachos at the concession stand. Did you need anything? Just you. <laughs> Okay, see you soon. Now's my chance to escape while everyone is watching the game. You know that homework had really turned to 180 in the past year. He used to be a bench warmer, and now everyone's saying you can't spell home run without homer. I wonder what happened. Oh, it's all about having confidence in who you are. Ever since his long-lost father came back into their lives, both he and his mother have never looked happier. Ah, damn it. You're back already? Where are the nachos? I realized all I need is you. Yeah! Go, son! When I was 20, my fake identity had become my reality. It wasn't without its dangers, though. All right, everyone. Before we get this anniversary party started, I just wanted to say that none of this would be possible without the most... Wonderful husband in the world. Aww. Where is he? <laughs> oh, it's you, you big doof. I know it took some time for you to find yourself, but I'm so happy you did. Happy anniversary, Homer Baggins. Oh, waiter, could we have a round of drinks? Uh, certainly, sir. May I see your ID? Uh, um, sure. Are you sure you're old enough to drink? <laughs> well, what you see is... Of course my husband is old enough to drink. What? Are you blind? <laughs> Very well. I apologize for the misunderstanding. One round of Keystone's Lights coming up. Hip, hip, hooray! My fake self was almost old enough to run for president. Even though my true self wasn't even old enough to order an El Presidente. Nearly three years passed before those two worlds finally collided. 
Happy birthday, Daddy! Not his birthday for another few minutes, Homer Jr. But yes. Are you excited for your party, Homer Sr.? I don't know. Will there be whack-a-mole? <laughs> hey, why don't I pull into this gas station and pick up some party favors? I don't know about this neighborhood. It looks unsafe. Just look at that homeless man. Don't worry, honey. I'll be fine. See? A good old 30-pack of Keystone Light. You sure are a piece of work, Homer Baggins. Homer Baggins? That's my name. What did that homeless man just say? I'm Homer Baggins. I, I used to live at 5616 Inkwell Avenue. Wait a second. I was almost married years ago. Oh, but I ran away out of fear. I left my poor, blind fiancé at the altar. Oh, my God. Oh, I couldn't face my failure. So I took to buying dirty 30s from this here gas station. I had to sell everything to keep up the habit. My car, my watch, even my ID. Mommy, Daddy, who is this man? Oh, if I could see my fiancé now, I would say, I'm so sorry, I still love you. Would you take me back, Nicole? Okay, guys, we need to leave right now. Get in the car! Is, uh, is there a problem here? Oh, not you again. Well, if it isn't Homer Baggins. He isn't Homer Baggins, I am. Look, he's clearly deranged. Well, just look at his ID. Hey, yeah, why don't you uh, let me take a glimpse of that for old time's sake? Hmm. I'm having a hard time finding your driver's license number, homie. You mind reciting it for me? <laughs> no one ever asked for that. H24601. Well, that solves that. I've been looking forward to this moment for almost three years. Now let me grab my cuffs. I don't know what to think. You, you may not be Homer, but you were there for Homer Jr. and me when we needed you. Nicole, is that you? You can see? And did you say... Homer Jr.? You can't take my daddy away, officer. He takes good care of me and my mommy. He's been looking after you? Sorry, folks, but this man has the right to remain. I have the right to Keystone Light. It just turned midnight, which means I am 21. Here's my real ID, officer. Uh, uh, well, I can still book yous on identity theft. I'm not pressing charges. He didn't steal my identity. He was just... Keeping it warm. Yeah, courtesy and respect and all that, you know? So the boy has finally become a man. All right, you're free to go, but just remember not to pop up where you shouldn't be again. Excuse me, Homer? The real Homer? Did you mean what you said about still loving me and, and, and wanting to take me back? I did, Nicole. I was the blind one all those years ago, blind to how lucky I was. If you'll take me back, I promise to change and make it up to you. I have two daddies? I'm confused. So am I, baby. Both of your daddies have a lot of explaining to do. I can explain everything, but I don't know if the entrance to a gas station is the best place. Well, we do still have a birthday party planned for you back at the house, but... I don't I don't even know your name. My real name is Zach Hortzman. Zach? Is that you? Did you get the beer? Cyrus, what are you doing here? I promised I'd wait for you. Can you get a ride with your friend, Zach? 
I'd like to have a family conversation on the way back. Well, I was right, Tyrus. That ID definitely helped me lose myself. Hey, happy birthday, Zach. Do you feel any wiser? Well, it's been three days. How are we all feeling today? Eating cleanly, communing with nature is only going to get easier. Now that we're all back together, I'd like to go around the circle and talk about what you've all been making in your material manifestation time. Uh... I think I was a little confused. I didn't realize this was arts and crafts, and I really wasn't... Malcolm, Malcolm, please. Arts and crafts are for children at summer camp. What we're doing here is expressing ourselves through the media of our choosing and making a physical reminder of our commitment to higher ideals and increased awareness. Let's start with you, Running Wolf. What did you make? Uh, yeah, well, this, uh, bowl symbolizes... Yes, Running Wolf? Well, you could use it for, um... Hey, it kind of looks like an ashtray. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. Hey, Malcolm, come on. Running Wolf didn't make an ashtray. Uh, that's the only thing I could ever make in school, you know? Well, you aren't in a conformatorium out here, so it's not an ashtray. I'm sure what Running Wolf is trying to say is that this bowl symbolizes the holding of all life in common and his effort to live more harmoniously with... <laughs> with his cigarette butts? Malcolm, I'm warning you. Sorry, Buzzy Bee. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to Running Wolf's bowl. Sorry, Tom. Uh, no problem, Malcolm. I'm going to go ahead and invoke a five-minute silent halo for you, Malcolm. You seem restless. I'm feeling that restlessness out of you. Try silence. Just five minutes. Okay. Okay, five minutes starting now. Okay, Soaring Eagle, what did you make? Uh, a, a bracelet? That's beautiful, Soaring Eagle. And why a bracelet? As a reminder of the wholeness and never-ending unity of Actually, the... like Rushing Wolf, I was just... I used to always make it at camp. I give one to Chirping Bird. Okay. First of all, his name is Running Wolf, not Rushing Wolf. But that's nice. You made a gift for someone. I can see that generosity in you. You guys should see what Malcolm made. It's pretty cool. Malcolm is enjoying a silence halo at the moment, so I don't know if... I'd kind of like to see something cool, wouldn't you guys? See, I feel like... No, look, Prince here said yes. That means she's affirming. Okay, all right. Malcolm, do you have something to share? Your halo is revoked. Okay, thanks, Bee Buzzer. I made this app that you can use for identifying poisonous vegetation using your smartphone. Malcolm, Malcolm, that's not really what we're after. We wanted something that expresses you. Well, I am a toxicologist and all. We've talked about talking about this, Malcolm. It's not his fault, Buzzing Bee. It's just he likes being helpful and all things like that. That's pretty cool, Malcolm. Are you going to put it in an app store? We're really not supposed to be selling what we make here in material. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it, but maybe I will. This is a million dollar idea. Guys, 
Malcolm, this is the opposite of what you should have been doing. The woods aren't for conquering with smartphones. They're for embracing in their mystery. Let Are me... you going to tell us another proverb, Buster? Halo of silence. Five minutes, Malcolm. Five minutes for you two, running wolf. You two, soaring eagle. Dr. Rosenbush, I'm exhausted. Might we take a break for a moment? Of course, Mrs. Happenway. Goodness, forgive me for saying so, but this rainforest is as hot as a jungle. Why, such an observation needs no forgiveness. Oh, you didn't let me finish. This rainforest is as hot as a jungle cat having rockin' sex with an obese gentleman on top of a fire ant mound. Ah, you know, Dr. Rosenbush, Maybe we need some more stilted British attitude, even if we are deep in an uncharted jungle. Frankly, I... Halt! Who goes there? Good heavens! Watch yourself, Mrs. Happenway! It's a tribesman deep from the interior! Oh, good heavens! You're... You're not tribesmen from deep in the interior. My what, sir? I didn't realize there were other people in this area. There have been no reports of anyone being here before. He seems to speak English quite capably. Surely there must have been an outpost here at some point. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to interrupt you, but I gotta ask. How did you both learn Glenshay if you've never been to Glenshaw? Is that where we are? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you have so much to learn. Oh, well, sir, I'm afraid you two have much to learn. We are the first people to meet the Glenshaw people. Uh, how do you figure? We come from far away, from outside world, where no one has heard of you. Is this the first time you've met someone from the outside? Of course not. I'm from the outside world. It's not like I've lived my whole life in this small clearing in the jungle. Wow, sorry, I I still can't believe that you speak Glenshay. And I can't believe you've learned English. Surely you've met white people before. Missionaries, explorers, lost travelers. Uh, maybe we aren't speaking the same language. Did you call yourselves white? Uh, that means something else here. You're more, uh, flushed and pink. Well, it is quite warm here when one is dressed as we are. Ha! <laughs> ah, yes, in your primitive garb. How inappropriate for this climate. Hey, Pete, I found some uncontacted rooms over here. Well, I don't know if we're rooms per se. No, 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 you don't understand. We've contacted you. We are contacted. It's you, your people, who are uncontacted. Oh, you. How sweet you naive savages are. Hey, do you know the ram-fed people? Oh, I've never heard of them. Are they another uncontacted tribe? No, we've talked to them. I just mentioned but them. But you're still uncontacted. I am? Me? Hardly. How can you call yourselves contacted when you've never even met Pete? Hey, guys. Wow, cool. Pink and flush people. Pete, please. Whoa, how do we learn Glenshay? So you see, these so-called advanced explorers from so-called civilization wandered upon 
The so-called backwards tribe. Look, BB, we get the point of the so-called story. <laughs> stop! Stop! Stop it, everyone! Stop laughing. But I thought you said that laughter was your way of your soul telling the world, "I love you." No, I mean yes. I said that. I just want to move on to the next activity. Tea time. Here at Dreaming Glades, we have a special brew that can help anyone get in touch with their inner, truer self. Even you, Leaping Tree Frog. Who is that? Get a good... I mean, it's you, Malcolm. Your Leaping Tree Frog. Here, this is your glass. Now, does everyone feel nice and relaxed? Chirping bird and prancing deer, you two seem to be telling me that you are from your satisfied expressions. Well, Blessing Bee, I've got to give it to you. That tea is having an effect on me. What's in it? In your glass? LSD. Lysergic acid diethylamine? Do you have any idea what kind of lasting effects it can have on your... Whoa. Where am I? Who are you? Greetings, sir. I am Paracelsus. The father of toxicology? Indeed. I discovered the three components which make up man. Salt, sulfur, and mercury. Hmm, that was until I, Sir Percival Potts, came along. The man who made famous carcinogenic research? The same. Stay away from that chimney suit, or else you'll get scrotum. Oi, and I'm Thomas Stevenson. You revolutionized forensic toxicology. Tell me, Mr. Stevenson, were you Jack the Ripper? <laughs> you should know. After all, you are me. And you are me. And me. Oh, you see, we're all part of the same reincarnated soul that exists within you. And now we are your spirit guides into the, your true inner self. Whoa. There, that got him to stop bringing uniformitarianism into the sacred ground of self-discovery. Now we can truly experience ourselves as nature meant us to. Ooh, uh, uh I am not feeling... Completely whole. Buzzing Bee, I also feel out of touch with myself. Uh, uh, me too. Does anyone else feel this way? Ch chirping bird, prancing deer. Oh, oh, they're both passed out. I wonder if there, this has anything to do with the food that was found by the foraging bear and truffle pig. And that's how I came up with the name for zinc. What a Fascinating story. Hmm, if you think that's fascinating, wait until you've heard about some of the scrotum tumors I've seen in my day. Oh, I please, sir. Pops, there'll be plenty of times for your scrotum stories in due time. For now, Malcolm's next visitor approaches. A tree frog? Yes, Malcolm. You did not choose to work with tree frogs. We chose you, and now I choose you to travel with me deep into your very ego. A magical adventure? How could I say no? Malcolm, yes or no? Do you recognize these roots? Are they poisonous? There is no Malcolm. There is only 
leaping tree frog. Oh God, he's tripping. What about your phone? And what about that app you made? That app wasn't a material manifestation, so I deleted it. Please, Malcolm, focus. No, don't, don't, don't do it again. We have traveled across the entirety of your lifespan, Ribbit. Do you now understand who you are? I do, Tree Frog. What is the mercury in your brain telling you to do now? It's telling me to take off this costume and run naked into the woods, Paracelsus. Mm, keep that scrotum nice and cancer-free. You got it, Sir Potts. Oi, and if you happen to find and kill any prostitutes, make sure and hide the forensic evidence. Stevenson, you're a card. Never change. This is me, the real me. I'm free. No. Please, the real you is a toxicologist. That's who we need. No, no, don't run into the woods. Whoops, I ran into a beehive. Oh, oh God, they're coming this way. This is, this is my shot. Okay, I'll connect with them after all. They're my spirit animal. Halt, do not come any, oh God, oh God, they're stinging everywhere. Woo, I'm free. Dr. Greeley? Dr. Greeley, can you hear me? Are you okay? What? Where am I? You're back at Mass General. Some animal rutting deer or horny goat managed to stop puking long enough to call an ambulance. You were one of the more naked of the people we picked up, Dr. Greeley. Dr. Greeley? There is no Dr. Greeley. Don't you see? I'm Leaping Tree Frog. Cut the crap, Malcolm. Yeah, oh, uh, okay. Uh, sorry. Have you ever tried acid, though? Pretty good stuff. Hey, how's my scrotum? You've just heard New York Pacific's episode, Don't I Forget About Me. Tonight's episode starred Julie Krylin, Mark Exquin, Nigel Harsh, Christine Kanovnik, Matt Kerstetter, Melanie Milton, Ben Richmond, Kevin Tully, and Bethany Weiss. It was written by Mark X. Gwynn and Ben Richmond and was produced by Nigel Harsh and is a production of New York Pacific. We'll see you next time.